Welcome to the podcast for St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center that's in Random Lake, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee and south of Sheboygan. We're pleased to share with you recent sermons and Bible classes from our congregation. We welcome you to join us for Divine Service Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have Bible classes currently offered at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday. Join us to receive the Lord's Word and His gifts. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. You have joined us for our congregation at prayer. We do this each day at 8 a.m. And just to remind you, um, this is actually uh, just me walking you through a uh, a prayer guide that we normally would have printed in our bulletin and would be included in our service folders each week. Um, but uh, as we're not gathering in corporate worship, it's distributed over the internet, and then I'm hosting it here as a live stream uh, each morning, uh, not only for your benefit as a member of the parish, but also, uh, and for those of you who are our guests here via the internet, uh, but especially also for our school children, because they would use this order of prayer each day in the classroom, and so then this allows them uh, to maintain or to continue that discipline of daily prayer that they receive in our grade school. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 77, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my heart faints, or my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this. To the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You with your right arm, you with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Say our memory verse for this week. I am the resurrection and the life. 
He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. John eleven twenty five through 26. Now, the catechism. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Ephesians 5.22 This is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to make themselves beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her master. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Our first reading today is from Isaiah chapter 26. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Open the gates, that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. For he brings down those who dwell on high, the lofty city he lays low. He lays it low to the ground, he brings it down to the dust. The foot shall tread it down, the feet of the poor, and the steps of the needy. The way of the just is uprightness, O most upright. You weigh the path of the just. Yes, in the way of your judgments, O Lord, we have waited for you. The desire of our soul is for your name, and for the remembrance of you. With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me I will seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let grace be shown to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness. In the land of uprightness he will deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when your hand is lifted up, they will not see but they will see and be ashamed for their envy of people. Yes, the fire of your enemies shall devour them. Lord, you will establish peace for us, for you have also done all our works in us. There ends the reading. As we read this, I I consider um, Luther um, in particular was terrified by this term, the righteousness of God or righteousness because he understood that term as oh, our rightness, meaning that we've done the right things, we've said the right things, we've thought the right things, that we are in a right um, understanding of ourselves before God. Which isn't wrong, actually, it's true. The problem is, is where does that righteousness come from? Is it something that we generate uh, in ourselves? Is it even something that it only takes a spire to get the fire burning, in a sense? Uh, that's the medieval understanding that like we're kindling and the Lord lights the fire, but then it's our job to keep that fire burning? Or instead, is it what <clears throat> uh, what was said here in verse 12, Lord, you will establish peace for us, for you have also done all our works in us. That this rightness of thought, mind, and deed is actually a work of God in us, a work by the Holy Spirit 
um, given to us. And indeed, that term righteousness, not only um, in the New Testament, but even in the prophets like Jeremiah, um, righteousness is a synonym, as we learned in 1 Corinthians as well in our Bible class on Wednesday, that's a synonym for Jesus. <laughs> the, the righteousness of God, that's Jesus. Jesus namely dying for the sins of the world and making us right before God and that righteousness being given to us as a gift. Of course, those who seek their own righteousness are like those here that we'll hear in our <laughs> narrative reading today from John chapter 10, this continuation uh, from yesterday. Now, it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works I have shown you for my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods? If he called them gods, to whom the word of, the, of God came, and the spirit, spirit, scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, quote, you are blaspheming, because I said, quote, I am the Son of God? If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore they sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hand. And he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where, the, where John was baptizing at first, and there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign, but all the things that John spoke about this man were true, and many believed in him there. So again, this is a continuation of the, the Good Shepherd text that we heard the last two days, and then before that, um, the blind, the man born blind being healed and then uh, being cast out of the synagogue. Now uh, we hear in verse 22 of the Feast of Dedication. Uh, what is this feast? Maybe you, you might know its other name, because it's still celebrated today, in a way, anyway. It's called Hanukkah. Hanukkah. It's also referred to then as the Feast of Lights. Now, this festival is the commemoration of the dedication of the temple, uh, which was on the 25th of Kislev, our December, in 164 BC, after it had been profaned by Antiochus uh, Epiphanes, or Antiochus Epiphanes. Excuse me. For three years, the temple had been used for the worship of Greek gods and goddesses. A herd of swine had been driven into the temple, and swine were sacrificed on the altar to desecrate it. 
Sacred vessels were sprinkled with swine broth. Orgies and profane rites had taken place in the temple during the three-year period. When Judas Maccabeus entered Jerusalem, he commanded that the temple be purified by removing the altar and restoring the worship of the Lord. So you can read about this in the Apocryphal books, um, uh, 1st and 2nd Maccabees. How was the festival observed? The feast began on, again, the 25th of Kislev and lasted eight days. The Halal Psalms, that's Psalms 113 to 118, uh, were sung each day. The people carried palm branches. The temple was illuminated as at the Feast of Tabernacles, and the houses were also illuminated. Of course, you hear Halal Psalms and palm branches, and you think of what feast day? Yes, that's right, our Palm Sunday. What was the reason for illuminating the temple? Do you know this story, Judas Maccabeus? Well, actually, this part is a little less certain, although some Jewish scholars have suggested that it recalled the descent of fire from heaven upon the altar um, at the dedication of the temple by Solomon in 2 Corinthians 7, when he prayed there in the first temple, and the priest could not enter the temple because the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Why is this background important in view of verse 23, which says, Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. So think of the temple, think of Solomon. Uh, Maybe also, let me look this up, think of John chapter 2. So in John chapter 2, we hear, we think that's the uh, wedding at Cana, right? But in specific... Chapter 19, or verse 19, when he says, this is when he casts out the money changers in John's gospel. Jesus said to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said to him, it's taken 46 years to build this temple. This is the second temple, by the way, not Solomon's. And will you raise it up in three days? But of course, he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture. And the word which Jesus had said. All right, so Jesus says, destroy this temple, meaning his body, and in three days I will raise it up, referring to his resurrection. So what do we know about the temple and also of Solomon? That's right, those, both the, the, the temple of old um, and Solomon himself, the son of David, are both types of Christ. They point forward to Jesus himself, who is our temple, our dwelling place, and It's also the true son of David. He comes to cleanse the temple and to prepare a new altar upon which he will be sacrificed. He's the only priest that can enter into the temple on our behalf. As the temple was rededicated after three years, so after three days, the new temple will be raised up. Of course, that highlights (laughs) the need for us to um, study the scriptures, namely the Old Testament, so that we understand and we can see these connections um, that the evangelist is giving us. Do you remember what Solomon prayed there in the temple? Oh, sorry. Uh, scrolled. Somehow that happened. Uh, let's look at that. So that's Second Chronicles again. Chapter 7, I believe. Let me get there. Nope. Uh, 7, not 17. Uh, silly computers. <laughs> they don't often cooperate. There we go. Yeah, if you actually back up just a few verses into chapter 6, 
Um, this is Solomon. Now, my God, I pray, let your eyes be open and let your ears be attentive to the prayer made in this place. Quote, now, therefore, arise, O Lord God, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation and let your saints rejoice in goodness. O Lord God, do not turn away from the face of your anointed. Remember the mercies of your servant, David. Oh, what a beautiful prayer. Yeah, so uh, Solomon prayed that the Lord would not turn away from his anointed one. Uh, in Hebrew, that is Messiah or Messiah. And in Greek, that's Christ. Yeah, And the saints uh, would rejoice in the Lord's goodness. To not turn away um, from Jesus, namely. So, <laughs> now you understand what John's setting up here. We've got the, the dedication, that is Hanukkah. We've got Solomon. We've got the temple, of course. Um, and we have in our in the back of our minds now Solomon's prayer that the, that the people not turn away from the face of their Christ. Now look at what question the Jews ask in verse twenty four. That's right. Are you the Christ? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. And what does Jesus, the new Solomon, tell them? Yeah, he already told them, and they did not believe. Right, And his works, too, bear witness uh, to what he has told them. Again, they neither believe the works, uh, but especially they do not believe the word that he has spoken. What did Jesus promise to the saints, though, that do believe in him? So we have uh, the saints being called the sheep here. Right, You are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. We heard that yesterday. And then this promise. And I give them, verse 28, eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. What words of comfort, huh? Hear, hearing Jesus' voice, you are his sheep, and no one can snatch you away from him. Beautiful. Who gave the sheep to the shepherd? Verse 29. That's right. My father, my father has given them to me. What are we taught then to confess in verse 30? I and the Father are one. That is one God. Of course, that's uh, <laughs> going to cause a little problem here. What did the Jews do when he said this? That's right. They took up stones to stone him. Now, here again, this is interesting. What does Jesus ask them? Are they going to stone him because of the works that he had done? Right? No. Why do they want to stone him? They say, for blasphemy. Right? Because of what he said. <laughs> Not what he did. Right? We had that same thing yesterday. How can a, how can a man um, who is a, or how can a demon um, do the, you know, heal a man who is, who's blind? Right? How can these works be done by one um, who is not of God? All right? So Jesus here is saying, yes, my works... Um, are obviously of God, and yet what don't they believe? The word, right? The word that testifies. Right? So they're going to stone him for blasphemy because he's made himself to be God. That's what he said, right? I and the Father are one. So what did Jesus tell them in response to this blasphemy claim? 
Now he quotes a psalm. And of course, excuse me, this is uh, maybe one of the more challenging ideas because of the first commandment where <laughs> we confess, you shall have no other gods before my face, right? Before me, right? And then, the, but the psalmist himself says, is it not written in the law? I said, you are gods, right? That's Psalm 82. I probably don't know that one by heart. Uh, we'll get to it in a few weeks though. Yeah, Psalm 82. This is a Psalm of Asaph. It's not too long, but, but listen to it. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods, right? And the word there is Elohim, right? Literally, mighty ones or gods. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the poor and fatherless, do justice to the afflicted and needy, deliver the poor and needy, free them from the hand of the wicked. They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundation of the earth are unstable. I said, you are gods. Again, Elohim literally the mighty ones, and all of you are children of the Most High, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. You know what, again, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods, no other gods before my face. Is God saying that there are no other gods? <laughs> no, but that you uh, would not put your fear, hope, what fear, love, or trust in them. You see? Uh, and what is a God? Anything you put your fear, anything or anyone you put your fear, love, or trust in above God. So in the psalm, God is actually standing in the midst of the congregation um, whom the psalmist compares to gods and calls children of the Most High. But those in the congregation are rejecting him and walk about in darkness. Right? Um, so think of the expression um, that we bear the image of God, Right? that we are the reflection of God. Right? So, um, and that what God is doing is making us holy, that he's restoring us as his children, right? Um, I remember a famous uh, comedian saying <laughs> in a debate with an atheist, um, what is the son of a duck? Well, the son of a duck is a duck. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the son of God? Well, God, right? And if we are God's children, then what does that make us? That's right, God's, certainly God's possession, um, but also God's reflection, his image, restored uh, in the forgiveness of sins. Again, maybe a challenging psalm, but uh, uh, worth our consideration. Jesus quotes it here. So, you are God's. What does Jesus then say about the scripture? Also in verse 35, it cannot be broken. So now, compare his words about the scripture, that the scripture cannot be broken, with the words about the temple, right? Um, destroy this temple in three days, uh, and I, or in three days I will raise it up, right? John 2, verse 19, the Sabbath, right? Um, think about what Jesus says about the Sabbath in John's gospel. Oh, I'm out of practice. We haven't studied this for a few months now. Um, we were studying John's gospel before the quarantine. My note says here, 5 verse 18, therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself, there it is, equal with God. Um, also, the Sabbath in John 7, 23, if a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses should not be broken, 
there's that line, that expression, um, brokenness. Are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. All right. Is it to break the Sabbath, to heal on the Sabbath? Is it to break, um, what is it to, to keep the Sabbath? I'll also think of the scripture um, that he quotes. Uh, let's see, John 11. Uh, this is in the healing of Lazarus. Oh, yes, look at this. He cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave cloths, and his face was wrapped in the cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. But remember then, um, this the, the the raising of Lazarus actually is the, is the ultimate instigator um, for them to want to kill Jesus. So that he heals, he raises the dead, right? Here, um, he speaks the truth. So with the temple and with sickness and death, all of these are uh, shattered by the power of Jesus's words because the scriptures cannot be broken. What did Jesus uh, call them to do then, these Jews? He says uh, to judge him by his works. To judge him by his works, right? Hmm. Whether they are the works of the Father. Now what do they want to do? Verse 39, to seize him, right? Where did Jesus go? This is really important. This is where Jesus goes now, um, all the way until actually his he returns to Jerusalem for the Passover, uh, the Passover on which he was killed and uh, upon the cross. Now he goes to the place of the Jordan where John was baptizing at first. So he returns to the place uh, where his ministry began, uh, which in John's gospel is recorded back in chapter one. Uh, verse 29 to 34. And specifically in, in John's gospel, it's the baptism is referred to. It's not actually explicitly told as a story, um, but it's recalled and with these with emphasis upon the words of John the Baptist, namely that Jesus is the Lamb of God and that Jesus is the Son of God. Huh? Especially those words, which has been the, the contentious issue here. What did the people there say about Jesus? The words that John had preached about this man were true. What did they believe? The many that believed in him there, they believed that he was the Lamb of God, who is the Son of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. Okay, a little meditation on this text. Jesus had purified the temple back in chapter 2, verses 13 to 17, and now appears at the feast that marked the temple's purification um, of old. He is the son of David who comes to be the new and perfect temple. As the temple had been used for pagan worship for three years, so now the son of God would be destroyed by the sins of men before being raised again on the third day. He is the new light whose light will spread from the temple to the ends of the earth. His sheep hear his voice, declaring their salvation and rejoice as they see his works that destroy the power of death. His sheep are those who have been baptized in his name, for this Father has given them the gift of faith, so that they may hear the voice of the Good Shepherd and follow him. 
Since the Father gave them to the shepherd, Jesus assures us that the thieves and robbers will not snatch them out of his hand, for his voice in the preaching of the gospel calls us into life. Excellent. Yeah, now you know more about Hanukkah than you probably ever did before. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe you do know quite a bit. All right. We sing our hymn uh, for today. It looks like we're once again having some internet issues. Let's see what happened here. Yep. Nope. Doing okay. All right. If Christ had not been raised from death is our hymn. Uh, in 486. Sync really throws me off. Hold on a second. Two, three. Yeah, I'd like to believe that fixes it, but who knows? All right, let's confess together the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, 
and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We pray the collect for this week. O God, through the humiliation of your Son, you raised up the fallen world. Grant to your faithful people, rescued from the peril of everlasting death, perpetual gladness, and eternal joys. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Oh, by the way, this is worth mentioning here. I'm sorry to interrupt our prayers, but uh, um, the collects, actually, for Easter are a little out of order. This collect actually points really well towards uh, this coming Sunday, the Sunday of joy, so <laughs> of Christian joy. So it goes. Let's also pray today um, for our farmers, especially our dairy farmers in this time of crisis. Almighty God, merciful Father, you create and sustain all things. Every day our farmers work to provide food for us and for our families. By this work you also provide for them. Farmers are your instruments to give each of us our daily bread. Preserve their farms, provide for their needs, give health and healing, that demand be restored for their supply. Give them trust, knowing that all things are in your providential hands. Do not let them despair or panic and give up hope. Provide for them during this pandemic, as you have always done. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Pray again for our scientists and researchers. Gracious Lord, creator of the cosmos, maker of all things visible and invisible, who in holy wisdom orders and sustains all things, in wondrous and grand diversity and splendor. In your lavish grace you have given man the gifts of reason and senses to plumb the wondrous mysteries of your creation. Bless those whose vocation is the study of viruses, diseases, and their cure and containment. Grant them wisdom, perseverance, and clarity that their efforts would serve to protect and preserve life and increase knowledge and understanding. With knowledge comes responsibility as well as fear and humility. Teach us to use our knowledge in wisdom and faithfulness. Protect our scientists and medical researchers from any harm or danger that their work might entail, and grant your benevolent blessing for your name's sake, we pray. Amen. Gracious Lord, your Son Jesus taught that when tragedy, evil, and sudden death occur, our first response is to be one of repentance. Grant us metanoia, repentance. Change our minds, we pray, to recognize your fatherly hand of discipline at work in, with, and under this present crisis in all its forms. Discipline not in your wrath, O Lord, but in mercy. Teach, lead, and guide us in your way. Topple all our idols in whom we put our fear, love, and trust above you. You have brought us to our knees. Now lift us up and set us high upon Christ, our solid rock. Remind us that your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts. Conform our minds to the mind of Christ 
and let us be as clay under the shaping hand of you, our divine potter. Hear us, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Let us pray for the preaching of the Holy Cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, for its spread throughout the whole world, for the persecuted, and for the sick and dying, especially Sarah, Marcella, Jan, Brad, Janet, Carol, Chris, and Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Aaron, Brian, Carol, Dale, Mike, Dick, and Michael. We give a prayer of thanksgiving for my cousin Cassie, who um, her she was not diagnosed with COVID-19. Thanks be to Jesus. For all this we pray. Amen. We pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.